Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, a daily podcast about space, science, and tech. I'm your host, Will Walden, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about SpaceX's first West Coast Falcon 9 launch in about eight months is now set for early uh, February of 2020. So after about an eight-month lull, SpaceX, California, they're scheduled to support a Falcon 9 launch no earlier than February of 2020. And the uh, CONAE, Argentina's National Space Agency, said that the country's SALCOM 1B Earth observation satellite is making great progress. And that's what's going to be launched on this Falcon 9. Um, Jeff Faust said uh, the space agency says that their SALCOM uh, OBS satellite will launch next February on a Falcon 9. So it's confirmed that this is going to be happening. And the launch was recently pushed back into January and March of 2020 after minor satellite production delays ended plans for a late 2019 launch. And we were all really uh, happy and anticipating this launch because it's always great to see a Falcon 9 launch. Now, if you're a fan of SpaceX, if you're a fan of space exploration in general and rocketry, the landings of Falcon 9s are amazing. The launches are really great too, but it's the rockets that are landing on the Earth that are really cool. And I'm really excited whenever any of these happen. So on a positive note though, Deputy Executive and Technical Director of uh, Kone indicated that Southcom 1B's Falcon 9 launch was now planned a month or so earlier than previously expected. Uh, so it's going to be happening in February 2020, like I said before, from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. It's a schedule that's been kind of up in the air for a little while. It's been, like I said before, January, then March. And the sooner the better, because the more launches SpaceX has and the more confirmation that we have that SpaceX is having these launches, the more money they can put for the Starlink and the actual Starship. You know, the Starship, which is going to be taking humans to Mars. So every single one of these launches has a big impact on forward thinking launches. Now, that being said, Starship is in a really great place right now. They're still working on getting the prototypes ready for launch. And there's going to be some small launches this year. Uh, there's also going to be an orbital launch this year. So, that's going to be really cool. Starship is, if you're not familiar, the Mark 1 is going to um, do, like I said before, a couple couple meters of launch, you know, for the first couple hover tests. And then after that, hundreds of feet. And then after that, orbital test. Make sure that it works. Make sure that it can launch into orbit. And then after that, once they make sure that everything works right, they're going to be using Starship to launch Starlink. 
So Starlink is SpaceX's broadband worldwide satellite internet constellation. And that's a really big deal because that's also money that's going to be going towards uh, Starship's further development. So everything that they make with Starlink, with the internet provider, they're going to put those billions of dollars into Starship in the future. Now I'm going to take a quick break. I got to pay some bills. I can't do this without my awesome sponsors. So I'll be right back right after this. So this satellite we were talking about before, Salcom 1B, if it's successful, if the launch is successful, it will join Salcom 1A in a sun synchronous orbit, the SSO, completing the L-band satellite constellation. Um, so in an agreement called Sistema Italo, this is a really long name, so I'm not even going to try. I would butcher it. I would destroy it. So it's called S-I-A-S-G-E. Um, the completed SALCOM constellation will work in conjunction with Italy's four satellite Cosmo SkyMed constellation to provide accurate and persistent Earth observation. And so this is this is important because disasters happen right? and we need things in the sky to look for disasters. We want to make sure that when something happens down here on Earth, we can see what's going on and we can tell first responders where to go. We can tell people that are in that kind of business, the saving people's lives business and helping people's business, they need a way to get around. So it's kind of like these things will help those people monitor efforts around the world for disaster preparation and support. So they eventually want to expand the SOCOM constellation with uh, the deployment of two SOCOM 2 spacecraft and the SOCOM 1 satellite was launched in October of 2018. And it was really cool because it made a nebula-like cloud of Falcon 9 exhaust that was visible for hundreds of miles. It looked really, really cool. There's pictures of it out there. So if you search for SAOCOM-1A launch, you'll see some really, really cool photos of this launch. And it's just breathtaking what these things can do. Now, this being said, there's also a possible launch in November of this year for SpaceX to launch their pod, their human pod, the uh, the Dragon pod with humans inside of it to the International Space Station. So the Crew Dragon could possibly go to the ISS in November of this year, tentatively, according to NASA and their launch schedule, November 15th. I plan on going there. Now, if you want to help out with that, um, if you want to help me get there, because that's, <laughs> I'm trying to raise money to do this. It's, it's a lot of money to get down to Florida from New York and to stay in hotels and drive and things. If you'd like to help out, um, you can help out on Patreon, patreon.com slash space news podcast. Every single cent of my Patreon patrons goes towards further efforts to do really cool shows like that. Like, uh, I will be vlogging the whole way down. I'll be showing you guys what's going on on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash space news pod. And on a daily basis, I'll make sure to let you all know what's happening, you know, not just from the launch itself, but what it's like for myself, the roving reporter that I am to get down to Florida and to cover one of these launches, because I've never been to a launch before. Like this would be my first one ever. And since I was a little kid, I was, you know, I was crazy about space exploration. 
and I've always dreamed about going to a launch. And how cool would it be if my first launch ever was a SpaceX Dragon capsule flying to the ISS with people on board? That would be really cool. And, you know, I know I can do it and I know I can pull it off. So also, you know, everyone who's on Patreon already, thank you so much. And just thank you for listening to the podcast. You're helping tons and tons by just listening. Uh, the sponsor messages help pay a little bit of the uh, of the fees for all this stuff to happen. So, you know, just kind of on a side note, other than space news, I just want to say thank you. We're over 300 episodes now. We have tons and tons of stuff going on. And uh, there's more and more things going up on YouTube. I have 181,000 plays of the show. That's crazy. 181,000 plays, 300 plus episodes. And without you, I couldn't do it. So thank you. And for that, I'm going to say that's it for this episode, everyone. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me on the Space News Pod. My name is Will Walden, and I will see you soon. Immersive technology has long been thought of as something that is primarily used by gamers and other entertainment applications. Billions of dollars have been spent on advancing the components that make up the technology, but it is still considered niche. Is it a technology that is in search of an application or just a killer app? To help me answer that question, I have with me today Mark Sage, the Executive Director of the Augmented Reality for Enterprise Alliance or AREA. Visit mauser.com slash empowering dash innovation to listen to the full episode. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.